What is up, everybody? This is Jim Mylock, and you're listening to Pot of Fame, the podcast where we break down the careers of former athletes and decide whether or not they should get a call to the hall. And today's podcast, we're talking about former Kansas City Chiefs safety Eric Berry, and whether or not he belongs in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And joining us in just a moment, discuss Barry's career and Hall of Fame candidacy is Kansas City Chiefs writer for The Athletic, Nate Taylor. Before bringing Nate on, let's talk a little more about Eric Berry. So Eric Berry played his entire career in Kansas City from 2010 to 2018, but he was only able to play in 89 career games due to injury as well as he developed cancer one season and missed the rest of that season, only to come back the next season and play the whole season. But still, uh, he had an Achilles injury. He had a heel injury. And again, he developed Hodgkin's lymphoma. Very big what-if kind of guy where his career was very short, but when he played, he was one of the best. In, in, from 2010 to 2018, he made five Pro Bowls. He uh, was a three-time three-time AP first-team All-Pro, and he made the All-2010s decade team at safety. So again, even though he only played 89 games in the 2010s, he was still on the All-Decade team. He won Comeback Player of the Year in 2015 as well, and that was the year he came back from cancer. During those 89 games, he had 14 interceptions. He had 374 uh, interception return yards, which is good for 26.7 yards per return. Very good uh, returner there. And five return touchdowns, which is 32nd all-time NFL history. So quick math there, he returned 36% of, inter- of his interceptions for touchdowns. So he was a playmaker in terms of when he got the ball in his hands, he took the ball to the house because he was just an absolute freak athlete who, you know, played great coverage like a corner, could play up against bigger guys, especially tight ends. He he could play physical with them. He was great against the run. He was just an all-around great safety. But again, if you look back at the interception, uh, total 14, it's a bit low. And and Nate and I are going to talk about maybe why it's that low and how much that does impact his candidacy, among other things. Uh, So Eric Berry is uh, eligible for the class of 2024. So the next voting period, he's finally uh, eligible for that. So uh, come later this year. And if you're listening, you know, in in the wintertime, it's probably now I'll probably throw this out there uh, when he's up on the ballot. Um, This is his first time. So it'll be interesting to see, is he a semifinalist this year? A finalist? Does he get in? Uh, Does he not even become a semifinalist? All that is up in the air for this next class. So We have a great show for you today. Nate is an excellent guest. Uh, So with the quick facts out of the way, let's bring on Nate. All right. So I'd like to welcome back to the podcast after a, I would say, very long hiatus from the podcast, Kansas City Chiefs writer for The Athletic, Nate Taylor. Nate, welcome back. How have you been? I've been great. Um... You catching me at probably a great time, Jim. Uh, they have not started training camp. Uh, they being the the Kansas City Chiefs, the team I've covered for you know six years now. Um, but no, man, I'm 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 super excited to be here. Uh, I know we had a really good chat uh, a couple years ago, uh, so thanks for having me back on. And yeah, man, when you take like a you know pretty relaxing vacation 
after we all lived through the pandemic, you sort of get reminded about like, yeah, for the rest of my life, I need to take like one good vacation each year because this is incredible. Me, um, Holly, my wife, and Hayden, our son, we went up to uh, Seattle, then we drove up to Vancouver, and then we- Oh, it's excellent. Yeah, then we did the big thing in Whistler, which is, um, you know, it's, it, I'm going to I'm gonna share a tip really quick. Do like it. Every, everybody should go to Whistler in the off season, uh, okay. which is now, like when there's not that much snow on the ground, um, the prices aren't that um, extravagant. And yeah, you can go up to the top of the mountain and not freeze. And that was, that was excellent. It was like, wow. Um, so we got recommendations uh, through some friends we know in college or that we knew and that we obviously came up with in college, um, Mike and Amanda Jeffries. So I've been great, man. I haven't really thought about football and this will bring me back uh, pretty soon. Well, I'm glad you had a great trip. I've never been up Seattle, Vancouver area. been trying to get out there for a it's while. Wonderful. So that's, that's, a, that's a great tip off yeah. the bat here, but you know, Nate, we, we got to get you back into football here because training camp is right around the corner. Um, so so maybe taking a step in the past and looking at a, yeah. a Kansas City Chief, great would be a good start here. So, you know, Nate, last time you were on, I was just telling you before we started recording, episode 16 back in September 28, 2020, we did Priest Holmes, another, another chief who had a, a relatively short career, which is in line with who we're going to talk about today. This is episode 168. And we're talking about former safety Eric Berry, who, of course, played, was drafted fifth overall by the Chiefs in 2010, played his entire career there. But, of course, a very short career that ended back in 2018. And Berry is someone who's going to be eligible for the very first time next year as part of that 2024 class and newcomers into that 2024 class include include players like I would like to think as a lock, like a, a Julius Peppers. Yes. It includes also Antonio Gates from the Chargers. It includes former Chiefs like Jamal Charles and Derek Johnson. So an, uh, three different Ooh. Chiefs, kind of a part of that class. Nate might have to sneak you on later to talk about one of those guys. Yeah, And then, and then also, and this goes into kind of Eric Berry, who we're talking about today, but another player with a very short career, but a great career, and that's Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's been retired that long already. He played 86 games in the NFL. He is up for the 2024 class. Barry, Eric Barry, 89 games. So just three more Ooh. games than Andrew Luck, which is, it's kind of incredible Ooh. to think of. Yes, very, very interesting. So a lot of interesting names in this 2024 class, along with everyone else who's still eligible. So a pretty stacked class is per usual for NFL draft classes, football draft classes. But again, Today's topic is Eric Berry and Eric Berry. I mean, Nate, you'll be able to tell me more than anyone how beloved he was in Kansas city. I know when I was, you know, watching Barry's entire career, one of my favorite safeties in the league. And today we're going to talk about his career and his hall of fame. Can see his chances as part of that 2024 class and beyond. So Nate, I'm going to start you off here. It's an easy question at the top to kind of get you back in the flow after vacation here. When you hear the name Eric Berry or Eric Berry comes up in common conversation, what's the first thing that's come to your mind? I just think of a really, really talented athlete um, and a leader that um, doesn't come around often in NFL locker rooms. You know, um, football is such a team sport. Um, 
obviously most people know this you know it's 11 men working together in concert against another set of 11 men um you know not all 11 are good <laughs> like like i'll just be clear like not all 11 are of quality but they are good enough to obviously make it into the league and then of course that takes coaching and strategy into account but sometimes you find players who are pretty much four to five stars in just about every category you could ask and then sometimes those players even you know ascend past what your expectation is and I think from a leadership standpoint Eric Berry was right on time for the Chiefs in terms of where their franchise was when he was drafted because they were obviously uh trying to get back into relevancy I know that seems odd now uh <laughs> but when Eric Berry entered the league as you know the fifth overall pick in 2010 the Chiefs were not good uh the Chiefs were kind of in this sort of malaise of like you know are they going to take a really full rebuild are they going to try to you know do one of the things where you kind of microwave um a nice you know bounce back season where maybe you make the playoffs that is what happened honestly in, in 2010 and so when you're taking that high in the draft and you immediately make an impact as a rookie, you are someone who galvanizes the entire locker room and you have a knack for timely, whether spontaneous or sort of calculus, you know, sort of expectation and anticipation, you're making plays that are not only just memorable, but they're game winning. Um, and then there's a whole part of Eric Berry's career that I think lives beyond what he did on the field. And I'm sure we're going to get to that. But um, I think about a player who was just really, really talented and then became a better leader than I think anybody could have anticipated when he joined the Chiefs in 2010. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I completely agree with everything you said there. Like when I think of Eric Berry, it's, he, he basically, like, I was like, where was his weaknesses at the safety position? He really didn't have any. I mean, he was an absolute freak athlete. He had the speed. He had the range. He had cornerback-type cover skills. Mm -hmm. He was super physical. Like, I think he was about six foot two ten maybe. But I, I remember him, you know, always matching up against big tight ends, whether it be Gates or Gronk. Like, he could battle those big tight ends, line up against yes. those tight ends. And I know – there was a couple games against Grok. There was big news around that matchup, that safety yes. tight end mm -hmm. matchup. And Grok's enormous, yet yet Barry could get up on him, be physical with him, and then be able to obviously have the recovery speed to get back, even if he was up on the line with him. So I think it was just versatile, could kind of play anywhere, could line up almost as a linebacker at times, a cornerback at times, just everywhere on the field. He was kind of that playmaker and, and was the face of that Chiefs defense, which had a lot of great names on that on that Chiefs defense of that early time yes. here. Um, the, the one other thing, though, uh, about Barry, like when I think of him here, is, you know, he just, and we'll probably get to this a little later, but he just missed, you know, being a part of the Super Bowl championship teams, right? Yes. And, and I mean, Barry's only 34 today, Nate. Like, he could easily be still playing in today's game on this team if not for, and again, we'll get to it, the, the injuries that kind of derailed his career and got him out of the league very quickly after only 89 games. And when you said the leadership thing about him, right, I, I don't, Ravens fans, you need to relax when I say this, but it, but I don't think it's hyperbole here. Like when I think of a leader on the field for defense, I think of Ed Reed as the safety of the Ravens, but 
buried to me on the chiefs was the same type of emotional leader mm-hmm. um doesn't have the career numbers of reed or anything like that but that leadership he had I, I i align with ed reed and i can't help but think nate if barry's a part of these two super bowl championship teams leading that defense yeah do you know do i think of him a lot more as reed i don't have to have that disclosure like i could just be like Eric Berry is the Ed Reed of the Chiefs, but because he doesn't have those championships, because he just missed them, it, it's kind of a little distance there. And, and I always, it's a big thing with Barry, right, Nate? It's that what if factor for him. Yeah. So yeah. many what ifs there. And, and football is such a violent sport. <laughs> and that doesn't even take into account uh, the other medical adversity that Barry had to overcome. Yeah. It's, um, it's, in, in some ways, it's sort of Shakespearean and how tragic it is that uh, you could make an argument that Eric Berry was the most significant figure on the roster until April 27th, 2017, which, of course, yeah. is the arrival of Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs trading up 17 spots to to land their their greatest the greatest player in the franchise's history, even though he's sure. only in like his seventh season. It's hilarious. Um <laughs> He's just the most talented passer, and I have to write it in every story I write in The Athletic. It's like, oh, he's just the best quarterback. I mean, he's just, you know, it's just a given. It's just like a throwaway line that I have to um, include. He's the reigning Super Bowl and obviously reigning NFL MVP. Um, But until that moment came, Eric Berry was like the guy. Um, You know, I always love to do the survey, and I don't know if I I said this um, in our first episode, Jim, but just like, you know, when I drive to the games, uh, you know, you park the car, Arrowhead's parking lot is like the best atmosphere or one of the best atmospheres for um, sort of the tailgate and the pregame buzz before kickoff. And you could just take a survey. You can just look around and see like how many people are still in Eric Berry jerseys or back mm. in 2017, back in 2018. Like, man, like it's pretty much Eric Berry. It's a little bit of, you know, it's just in Houston. Obviously people, uh, beloved Derek Johnson because of his durability and his consistency over the course of his career. And so those are the, those are the guys, those are the pillars you think of for a chief's defense back in the day. Um, it's just so disappointing that um, Eric Berry had one of his best games in 2017. It was the opener against the New England Patriots. He was mm. incredible in guarding, you know, at the prime of his career, Rob Gronkowski. Um, and then he gets hurt late in the game and his season is over. Um, and so he had the physical tools to be a combatant to Antonio Gates or, um, someone that you could say, Hey, we can leave him on an Island against Rob Gronkowski and it will help our defense. It will help the other 10 men, uh, not be so stressed out because they don't have to play above their heads because Eric Berry is of the same talent in terms of the same, the same caliber of player, uh, you know, to match up against whoever was, you know, the best player. Um, you know, Eric doesn't get a lot of credit, but he was great in diagnosing the run and then very early in his career just being a, a torpedo, um, you know, flying through that second, first level and obviously getting to the running back um, near the line of scrimmage or even behind it. So he was, he was a great safety in his time and – I don't know. I know we can't talk about this because this is more of the professional level. He was he was even better at college. Like he is a college absolute monster at Tennessee. All time college great. 
football legend. If Eric Bray does not get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he must certainly has to get into the College Football Hall easy, of Fame. Easy, easy. I, I honestly, I this this is probably not great for this podcast, but I think of him in Tennessee Volunteers like colors before even Pretty the Chiefs, first. like yeah, because right. he was. I mean, a, a safety going fifth too, like that's not that common, but he was just that good. good. He was all American good. type guy um, at Tennessee, but this is not going to be a Tennessee podcast. <laughs> Sorry, volunteer fans. Uh, Nate, I do want to shift to our next segment here. We call this that memorable moment. And we're very liberal here. It can be up to you completely. It can be, your favorite play he ever made you saw, uh, a game, a playoff game, an entire season even. Um, mm. But, you know, Eric Berry, you're saying, hey, this is his most memorable moment. If I'm telling you about him, I always want to start with this moment of his career. What would you say his most memorable moment was? Um, it's two things. It's the entire 2015 calendar year. Um, obviously in April, excuse me, I'm going to look back here. It sure. was in 20, it was late 2014 yep. um, where he was diagnosed um, with Hopkins lymphoma. And at the time, and this again, um, obviously meta, you know, God bless every doctor, every nurse, every like specialist uh, from the medical background. But I want to remind people in 2014, like this was still a very tricky sort of diagnosis where you say like, mm -hmm man, his career is over. Like, let's yeah. like, just stop. Just like his career is over. It's a period. Now we're worried about like, how is he going to, um, can, can they, can the doctors elongate his life? Um, so he goes through all the chemotherapy treatments. It's in May of 2015, where he completes his chemotherapy, which I have to tell you grueling, um, just like devastating in a lot of ways based on, many people I've talked to have, who have dealt with cancer. And then in June, 2022 of 2015, um, he is declared cancer free. And so now the question is, does he have enough time to even make an attempt to be a part of the chiefs for the 2015 season? Um, this is, of course is with Alex Smith. The roster's mm -hmm. pretty good. It's a, it's a competitive roster, a, a roster that, Hey, if everything goes right, if the ball bounces a certain way, hey, maybe, hey, maybe they can make the playoffs. Maybe they can make some noise in the playoffs. Um, I'm just going to read uh, a few sentences that I wrote a couple years ago about Eric sure. Berry. Um, quote, he, being Berry, made his first start of the 2015 season on a Thursday night game against the Broncos at Arrowhead, sprinting onto the field to the roar of fans while wearing the all-red uniform. In 16 games that season, Barry recorded 61 tackles, 10 pass breakups, and two interceptions. He was instrumental in helping the Chiefs capture their first playoff victory in 22 years. The Chiefs voted Barry the winner of their team's Derek Thomas Award, given to the most valuable player on the team. And after the season, he won the NFL's Comeback Player of the Year Award. I cannot stress this enough. He carried them in 2015 after overcoming cancer like that is the moment that is the disney movie of eric yeah. berry's career and in terms of a single game um if you look at that 2015 season uh as i click through pro football reference god bless this you know those people as a resource um you know 
by the way, he's also part of the all 2010s Hall of Fame team, uh, yep. which I think is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know we're gonna get to that in a minute, but like there's a game where they're playing the Atlanta Falcons, they should probably lose. Um, the team is not the team just doesn't have it. There are some games where you're just like, hey, we're on the road, we stink, we don't have it. Um, and I believe in that game he had an interception and a pick two at the time. This is insane how how good he was um, at certain times in the year. And that was, I think, in 2017, maybe 2016. It was, it was week 13, 2016, Nate, because yes. I have I have I have both of your things you said are exactly what I've written down here. So continue, though. You can explain what happens here. Week 13, 2016, Atlanta. And this is Matt Ryan sort of coming yep. on as like a real, you know, uh, top five caliber quarterback. Um, the team stinks. I mean, like the the offense is like a daisical. Andy Reid is like, what are we gonna do? I think the Chiefs maybe did something well on special teams that day, so maybe Dave Tove's unit got it together. Um, but yeah, he just he had an incredible um, sort of game that year, and that was the moment where it was just like, okay, like he is one of the best safeties in his era. Um, because he's literally winning the team. <laughs> he's literally winning games. He's like, you know how hard it is to be like, I won the game today for the team, not as a pass rusher, not as a receiver, not as a running back, and obviously not as a quarterback. Like, to do that at the safety position is incredibly hard. Um, but, yeah, he scored a touchdown, uh, had a two-point conversion that was just, I mean, bananas. Um, and yeah, it was just all over the field and made sure that the Atlanta Falcons, um, didn't get 30 points. So though, that's the game that really jumps out to me. There's also a game in Carolina, uh, earlier that season where, uh, he also has an interception that he returns for a touchdown. He had seven tackles, excuse me, nine tackles in that game, um, was kind of, again, all over the field and, uh, the Chiefs won that game 20 to 17. So without Eric Berry's touchdown against Cam Newton, they probably lose that game as well. Yeah. I mean, Eric, Eric Berry, these last two common kind of things said he defense, it's very hard to impact the game in terms of winning and losing yet. You're talking about a few plays where he didn't, I just want to talk about that two point conversion play really quick. Cause it was like, it was the fourth quarter. Yep. Atlanta scored. They're up by one. They're trying to go up by three. So they mm-hmm. go for two. And then he has an hundred yard interception return they go up by one, of course. So he swings the game right there. They win 29-28. So to me, as a defensive player, it doesn't get much better than that. And then just back to your 2015 season, I had the whole thing down as well. Because again, when it when he found it was during a game actually against the Raiders on November 20th, he yeah. started to have chest pain at the end of the game. And he, he just thought it was, he didn't know what it was. They got all the blood work done. That's where they found um, that he had cancer and he was diagnosed and everything like that. But I remember hearing about that and I just, you know, I was hoping and praying that he was okay. I just envisioned his career was over or at minimum, he would have to sit out a whole year to kind of gain the weight back. Cause right. you obviously lose a lot of weight, your strength. I could not believe he started the, he started the year off. Like he was coming back from a sprained ankle or something instead of cancer. And for him to do that, he, have, he won comeback player of the year award uh, for the year, which ob- was obvious, but he was also, an all pro first teamer that year. He was one, he was the top safety in the league that year. So for him to do all of that in, in a calendar year is honestly quite astonishing. 
Um, and, and again, you, I, I like that you brought up those individual plays he made because he was a, he was a playmaker. Yeah. Um, despite which I want to get into at the end, Nate, despite his low career interception total, which I think would shock many people just based on the fact of he was always in the play, right? He was always making winning plays. He was a playmaker, but his interception total is very low, especially when you look at safety. So we're going to talk about that a little later, but I do want to move to our next segment here. We call this and twins. And what we do here is we look at Ken already. We look at who have busts already and we go, okay, either style of play statistically, maybe it's a mix of both. Who's the closest to being Eric Berry's twin? I don't know if there's a great example. <laughs> um, I got one, unless you got someone that comes to mind. It doesn't have to be perfect by any means. It never is. There's yeah, no identical like, twins here. Right, because it, it can't be Eric Reed, because the, the, the brilliance of Eric Reed, and I know uh, someone that I admire and respect a ton, Dominique Foxhorse, has said, like, Eric, Eric Reed was just doing his own thing. He was just oh, like... Yeah. That was a whole nother... That's a different tier of player. He's, a, he, he, he's so far above that he's just like, yeah, I know that you know that I know I'm not supposed to be here. And that's why I got the interception. And it's like, you can't teach that. You can't you can't play for that uh, or, or game plan for that. Like, no coach tells you to do this. Uh, and that's why he was such a dynamic playmaker. Um, you know, it's hard because I think safeties get a little bit of a of a disservice to the Hall of Fame, yeah, if I'm being they honest. Do. Uh, it's not like, hey, you were manning in the middle as a linebacker or again you weren't like terrorizing the quarterback off the edge or from the interior necessarily um you know safeties don't have the sort of characters like tony saragusa or warren Sapp or even someone like aaron donald who's just so incredibly dominant safeties do get um and it's also it's hard when you see a corner you're like oh dion like easy i can sure. like anybody can see that like this dude is incredible um safeties is tougher to see because of the style of play or obviously you don't get thrown at to a ton um you're supposed to be the back line so a lot of times you're just preventing the worst outcomes versus like trying to be a playmaker um and so you're, you you do get a bit of a of a squeeze in that category i don't i don't have a great one based on the years but also just the highest highs at the same time sure. um it's it's really tough who is your example jim so it was really only one that came came to me, and it's because when he was inducted, I was I was surprised, honestly, mm. Nate, because his career was so short. And this is a safety who actually, um, I don't think you would have seen a jersey, but it's out where your vacation just was. It was a former Seattle Seahawk mm. who was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2017, only played seven NFL seasons, played exactly 89 games, just like Eric, like Eric Berry, Berry yep. retired at 28 because he was diagnosed with a severe kidney disease that led him out of the NFL. And that was former strong safety, Kenny Easley. Um, so, so Kenny Easley, Seattle safety. Um, again, he never won a championship or anything like that, but he's very well known because he had a, a standout year in 1984. He won defensive player of the year award because he led the league with 10 picks. And, and if you look at his career, again, exactly 89 games, just like Barry, 
Wow, he was this a, is he was, fascinating. It, it's almost identical. It's kind of freaky. First team all pros, three. Eric Berry, three. Three, yep. Um, Pro Bowls, five. Eric Berry, five. Um, he won a defensive player of the year. Barry finished six one year, never got that far. Um, the one thing that stands out, other than he has that defensive player of the year award that you can kind of wrap your hands around, that's a nice shiny toy to point at, it's the interception total. Again, he had 10 that one year to lead the league, but he had 32 career interceptions in 89 games, where Barry just had 14 interceptions in 89 games. Now, Barry, Barry's got a great ratio going. He, inter- he intercepted 14 passes, had five interception return touchdowns. Yeah. So like 36% of the time, he's taken it to the house. That's some Ed <laughs> Reed stuff right there. Uh, easily had three touchdowns there. But other than that, like games played, short career, Pro Bowls, all pros, identical. Both had dis- like uh, scary diseases to come impact their career. Again, mm. Barry with cancer, easily with the kidney disease. And then, and then easily was just out of the league after that 28. Barry, of course, came back from cancer, but then had, he blew out his Achilles. He had some yeah. heel issues, and then he was out. So that was honestly a fairly close representative, same position, short careers, dominated when they were in the league, just unfortunately had a lot of issues that caused them to leave the league way too early. So that was right. kind of my twin there. That's, that's a, God, that is great. Um also, they played the same amount of postseason games, six. There you um, go. And Eric Berry has better stats than, does. than Ely does in the playoffs. Um, I want to remind people, uh, in 2015, uh, the Chiefs were again, like, trying to <laughs> destroy a 22-year <laughs> drought uh, of, of not being successful in the playoffs. Eric Berry had um, an interception in their, I believe, in their first playoff win uh against the houston texans and then the following year against the pittsburgh steelers he had an interception at a very pivotal moment i believe it was either in the end zone or it was near the red zone um that helped keep that game sort of tight so again eric Berry trying to carry the chiefs yet again um wow this is this is <laughs> fascinating because you know it helps me- barry i think it really I, does i think it the- really helps barry to point at this example yes. this twin with the with the and especially with the help with the medical information or the medical mm-hmm. element added to this sort of component, you know, added to this sort of equation, I should say. Um, it's fascinating because really, like, and I know this is unfortunate, but Eric Berry only played one game in 2017. We mentioned that earlier. Uh, hey, it's a violent sport, guy got injured. Yeah. Um, in 2018, he comes back late in the year uh to try to be the last sort of thing to get the Chiefs over the top. Um, in terms of Mahomes' first attempt to, you know, lead the team to the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, they fall one game short, uh, but they made the NFC champ- excuse me, the AFC Championship game, and he did play in that game. Um, when you look at the only issue in Barry's career, honestly, is injuries and the health uh, yeah. issue that he had. In terms of, you know, the argument would be in terms of talent, in terms of importance, um, and again, in terms of being a playmaker, a real a real player who made an impact further away from the ball than just about all his teammates, I, I think would be your argument towards, hey, let's be optimistic. Let's not be totally tied to the stats. Not, let's, not sure. be a, let's not be a slave to the numbers. I tell all writers in journalism, whether it's students, it's like, hey, 
you interview somebody and you get these quotes and then you feel like you have to use all of them because sure. they took the time to talk to you and that's really important but like use the best quotes <laughs> don't use all of them uh, and so when you get into these hall of fame discussions it's like yes the numbers represent a piece of this but let's not be let's not be enslaved to them because we just want to compare numbers with other guys numbers sure. in this in this case though this is a more complete view of a comparable situation where we say, hey, Kenny was really good, like really, really good. Like, let's not forget him in the course of the overall history of the NFL. And you could make the same argument for Eric Berry. Yeah. All right. So uh, now I want to move to our final segment here. We call this court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. And there's two things I want to get to in court before we go to final verdict here to say what we both think. Uh, the first is whenever I talk about any player on this show, whether it be basketball, baseball, football, I always look at the contemporaries, right? Yes. When he was playing, when this player was playing, I don't, you know, we can talk about Kenny and him, but Kenny playing the eighties, it was different football than is in yeah. 2010s. Right. So when he was playing, was he like one of the best guys? And Obviously, he's, you said earlier, which was a great point, right? He was on that Hall of Fame all decade, 2010s team, um, which means a lot. Now, there's several safeties on that team, but he was one of the names on here. So I have four other names to go along with Barry. So there's five guys here. And Nate, I'm going to have you, I didn't give you any prep here. So nope. you're going to do this off the top of your head. I want you to kind of rank these guys in terms of, you know, best to, and these are all great players, but yes, right. one being the best, five being, you know, the fifth best out of these five, how do you rank them among their impact in the air, how you would look at their careers, et cetera. So I got, you're probably going to guess most of these names, but I'll just read them out to you. So of course we got Eric Berry in that top five. I think that's a no brainer. We also have Earl Thomas um, of the Legion of Boom. We got Harrison Smith, who I think is still playing. He's but still he, in the league. He, he, he won't retire, but, he, but he's still around. By the way, so by he, the way, by the way, yes. he's a, he a Frank Gore defense, guys. The Frank Gore. Look it up. Like, statistically, you're like, yeah. how is he still here? Still here. Okay, so we got Earl Thomas. We got Harrison Smith. We got Eric Weddle, who just really popped good. up to play in the Super Bowl again. And yeah, went the and, other and year. played well. <laughs> I know. Um, and then the final is another former chief. It's, it's, it's the Honey Badger. Yes. Um, Tyrone Matthew. So he's in there. So I, I now everyone listening, Ed Reed and Troy Palomalu, they, they did bleed into 2010s, but I think Reed was out of the league by 2013, Troy, 2014. I think of them more 2000s. So again, yeah. if you want to count, if you want to yeah. count them, that's fine, but they're just another tier. So, yeah. and they're, and it, they're on question. Like they, yes, they're, they're already in the hall. Yeah. So, so even if you count them in the same area, that's fine. They're just above these guys. So this is, let's say tier two. So we have these five guys, Nate, how do you rank them one to five? In terms of pure talent and preference, it's really a choice between Thomas and Barry, in my opinion. Um, Harrison Smith is really good. Uh, I don't think he's as talented as either guy. He's just been more durable, um, yeah. which again, availability is a, is a major factor in, in sure. all of football, let alone Hall of Fame discussions. Um, it's crazy that, and I mean, I've written this a ton of times, but the fact that Tyron Matthew was required to replace Eric Berry, which I thought, oh man, that is a lofty, ugh. like you never want to be the guy that, but like he, nope. 
he handled it really, really well in his three years with the Chiefs. Um, obviously, two Super Bowls, another AFC Championship appearance, uh, a bit of that Ed Reed type of playmaker. Um, yeah. I always called him the queen in the chessboard because he could do just about everything um, with Steve Spagnuolo, with the Chiefs. So, like, I think history will show that, you know, Tyron Matthew will be looked upon favorably especially how he entered the league um as we get yeah. further away from the idea of like, very controversial when he marijuana which which yeah now doesn't look any it's not a big deal at all back then it was like the biggest deal ever it was all yeah. they talked about on the news shows all the sports talk was that for like months and yeah. nowadays that would be <laughs> i don't even know if that would be more than like uh 10 minutes on a segment yeah. once i don't know it's but crazy different it times is, right it's different times so again history will look more favorable to tyron yes. matthew um especially because he had, you know, ACL injuries that he had to overcome as well. Um, the Legion of Boom, those guys are going to be secure, in my opinion, because yep. together they changed the entire landscape of the league. Everybody had to start playing like them, which um, was fascinating because no one else was as good as they were, you know, in terms of that cover three, get in your face, uh, not give up anything deep, just make the game just a slog. Uh, from a passing standpoint, obviously, as the league was becoming more pass heavy. So it's mostly just a preference thing. Um, But I would say Barry, in my standpoint, is like at least number two of those five guys you mentioned. Um, With the fact that Tyron Matthew is probably going to, um, you know, supersede him or at least surpass him as a number two whenever his career is done. So, um, again, Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Berry is right on that borderline of like, you can make an argument for him and you can obviously make an argument against him, but it's a great pool of guys to think about um, because I don't think Harrison Smith had nearly the same impact as Eric Berry, but I also think Eric Berry was probably more valuable to his team than the composite of the Legion of Boom. I think that's a very fair statement, Nate. So the last thing before we get to final verdict, I brought this up earlier, but I want your take on it because I'm sure you watch way more Eric Berry than I ever did. So I brought up earlier, he has 14 career interceptions and you made a very valid point, which I, I think I don't want to like, I don't want to like gloss over it all. You made it like, don't be a slave to the statistics always. Like you have to watch him play the impact yep. that a lot of people say the eye test, right? And I yes. completely stand behind that because I, I think whatever team you watch the most, the players you watch the most, you're like, you know, you just don't get it. You don't see the impact he makes. Cause again, if you don't watch every game, you don't always see it. If it's not in the numbers, it's why offensive linemen get no love. We don't track. Pan- <laughs> no one knows how many pancakes anyone had, but I, 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 I watch him. I know who's good. Right. But, but, but again, not everyone feels that way and voters are easily, they, they look at numbers. Um, and that's just how it happens when you look at Barry's interception total. I think of him as a playmaker, but I was shocked, Nate, when I went back and saw he only had 14 career interceptions. And I was looking at the Hall of Famers, defensive backs, so safeties, cornerbacks, whoever. In the Hall of Fame today, what are the lowest interception totals? And if Barry were to get in, he would lower the, the lowest threshold right now by 10 because wow. the lowest safety or corner today is Steve Atwater, who had 24 interceptions during his Hall of Fame career. Next up is John Lynch with 26. Cliff Harris had 29 in the 70s. Darrell Revis, 29. 
Revis no Island, the, they didn't throw no his way. No one threw the ball right? in his face. No, no and, and, and then Kenny, and then Kenny, and then Kenny's back here at 32. Right. So Kenny's fifth lowest, Steve Atwater's the first lowest with 24. And it took him a while to get in, Nate. And now Barry would have 14, which would set that 10 back, which to me, again, I look at the game, I know what he did, but that still is a hard pill for some people to swallow. And I think a lot of people will be like, why didn't he have more interceptions if he was always involved in it? Now, I know only he played 89 games, but as someone who probably watched him way more than most of my listeners, one, did you ever think of him as a guy that didn't get many interceptions? Was ever brought up as like a negative about him? And two, I always consider him a ball hawk. He's a freak athlete. Yeah. Why did he only get 14? Is it strictly opportunity? Is it how the defensive was schemed? Uh, he was forcing corners because I know Marcus Peters, I think, had like 10 picks one year yep. as a cornerback. Mm-hmm. Can you explain maybe a little bit why that number might be a little low? And, and also, should we care? Should we not care at all? It's only 14. I think we should care to some degree. I think you 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 stumbled or, or um, you landed on where one of my points was going to be, which is the idea that like he only played with a top tier cornerback once in his career. Um, that being Marcus Peters pretty early on, uh, who was, again, another first-round pick. Um, and the league tested him and uh, quickly learned, stop doing that, at least at the height of, of uh, Marcus Peters' career. Part of it is a little bit of scheme-wise. I think part of it is um, it is easy. So, again, if I was arguing on behalf of Eric Berry, when Kenny was in the league, ah, these quarterbacks were oh trash look at those interception totals on some of those guys like trash i mean (laughs) shout out to kenny but it was nice to be a you know a db in the 80s man um because look they weren't as precise uh i think the schemes weren't necessarily developed it's hilarious to me that like um as kenny's playing in the mid 80s finally bill wash is like how do i make the completion percentage go up Oh, the West Coast offense, <laughs> you know, um, and obviously having a quarterback who's accurate, who's mobile, who's able to read the entire field. Um, all these things became requirements. Um, it, it was much based on the rules, the expertise of the quarterback position, um, coaches being better. Uh, I think all those factors lead to the, the idea of like, hey, um, when most people played the Chiefs, in terms of when you were going to pass a football, the guy you had to identify first was 29. That's Eric Berry for the most part of his career. And then you move, okay, if he's over here, we can scheme something up maybe over there and have a better chance to succeed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like Eric Berry couldn't catch the football. Obviously, we know he could. Sure. It's just maybe the opportunities weren't um, there as much as you would like. And I think part of it, too, is because um, – as he was becoming a guy, it's just the idea that like his career was sort of cut short a little bit by the cancer. And then obviously it was cut short or, or, you know, we were entering the twilight of his career with the Achilles injury. Cause again, you don't know what he's going to do in 2017, but that first game was again, one of the best games he's ever played because sure. uh, the New England Patriots were the defending champions. They had everybody intact. They did not win that first game at home. Uh, and part of that is because Eric Berry was phenomenal. So look, it's it's unfortunate. I think the best case scenario that Eric Berry has, in addition to Kenny, easily, is praying to the Lord every day that although this man was a complete asshole to numerous people in the media who are now voting on these things, 
Eric Bray should pray that Rodney Harrison gets into the NFL because Rodney mm. Harrison only has 34 interceptions and Rodney Harrison was not considered the most coverage type safety in the league. Rodney Harrison was just really smart, really tenacious. And obviously he created quite a bit of forced fumbles um, in his career, sort of playing closer to the line. He was, he is a, he is a, in my era of watching football and obviously covering it, he is the prototypical strong safety. Uh, and Eric Berry could do a little bit of both. Obviously he could play strong safety. He could play free safety um, at the height of his career. But if Rodney Harrison gets into the league or gets into the Hall of Fame, I should say, that will bode well for Eric Berry because, again, it would highlight that more safeties need to be in the Hall of Fame in general. And, of course, Rodney Harrison won two Super Bowls with the Patriots, uh, but he's only a two-time Pro Bowler and a two-time All-Pro, even though he has twice as long of a career as Eric Berry. Um, I think Rodney Harrison was not considered a ball hawk, even though he has 34 yeah. interceptions. Um, but he, he had a, I guess, a similar style-ish, like yeah. kind of like in terms of contemporaries, they play a similar fashion in some ways. Although I do think Eric Berry is a more dynamic athlete. It's just, again, the injuries, the health concerns. When you look at it as a full picture, if Rodney Harrison gets into the Hall of Fame, um, that should bode well for Eric Berry and a lot of safeties behind him um, getting into the Hall of Fame. Because again, the league is transforming from run to short yardage to west coast to air raid and obviously being very pass happy so nate final verdict here i ask you two questions at the end and then i'll answer them as well one do you think if you had a vote would you vote eric berry into the hall of fame and then my second question i've slightly tweaked this since you were last on because people are like, well, what about in 200 years? I was like, okay, that's silly. So, so to the second, so the second question is, do you think Eric Berry will get in the next 50 years? That's my new version of it. So first question, would you vote for Eric Berry into the hall of fame? And then the second question is, do you think he'll get in, in the next 50 years? Okay. First ballot. No, I can't, I can't do that. Um, you know, it, it, as someone who works with Mike Sando, and I have a ton of love, respect, admiration for him. We've talked before about the Hall of Fame process and the voting and like how excruciating it is. Because yeah. I would argue, and I've argued to Mike Sando, and Sando doesn't tell me what his votes are, just, just to be clear. Sure. We, we sort of talked through it because, of course, I love the game. I love the history of it. Um, and obviously, we work together. Um, but I told Sando, it's going to be really hard for me to vote Jared Allen as a Hall of Famer because he was mm -hmm. never that dude mm -hmm. in his era amongst the other pass rushing contemporaries but man you look at the stats and you go that is really good like that is elite level production from jared allen so we've had arguments for and against jared allen i think the same can be said for eric berry um again i think rodney harrison should be in the hall of fame i think rodney harrison needs to be in the hall of fame because he was a very very elite football player of his time 50 years i want to say the voting pool will recognize eric berry contributions to the game um, and the inspiration that he was i choose to look at things mostly from an optimistic standpoint in some ways just a little i would love the 
Pro Football Hall of Fame to be a little bit more like the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Oh, he, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Basketball player, I think. Which, which just it's a little like, easier. Yeah, just lets everybody in. Like, everybody. Just, just everybody. Because, again, you want to honor the people in the sport who have sure. really made significant contributions. Whether they win a championship, that would help. But, like, dog, did you see Tracy McGregor? He's going in the Hall of Fame. Um, I do not want the Pro Football Hall of Fame to become the Baseball Hall mm. of Fame, which is too restrictive, in my opinion. Sure. Um, and the voting process is antiquated. So in 50 years, I want to be an optimistic person and say, yes, Eric Berry will get into the Hall of Fame. For all the things we've discussed earlier and the fact that it wasn't his fault his career that I can tell was truncated. It's the sport. Um, the, the, the violent nature of the sport is what led to his career ending. It's really unfortunate. He would be remembered in a completely different fashion. If the chiefs went to the super bowl in 2018, I think about that all the time. If Eric Berry does a better job guarding Gronk in the AFC championship game in 2018, and the chiefs somehow get to the super bowl, Eric Berry, I think, solidifies himself as a Hall of Famer. Now it's a bit of a question mark because if you, you know, I love what Howard Bryant says all the time is like, hey, if you were, if you were a true Hall of Famer, you and your team competed for the championship at least once in your career. You at least got to the championship round. Um, and I think about that all the time. And it's just unfortunate that it didn't happen for Eric Berry. But I do look at his whole career and I say he was one of the best of his generation and usually that gives you a real chance to make it into the hall of fame yeah i mean circling back to our very beginning of the conversation he's one of the big biggest what ifs um of recent memory um what ifs with you know if he covers gronk a little better in that championship game gets to the super bowl what if you know injuries cancer whatnot didn't you know come into his life yeah um we're probably having a very different conversation here Nate yeah. we're probably not even talking about Eric Berry he's probably a shoe in right and I have you on talking about Jamal Charles or something but uh when it comes to me like if if I had a vote here I, I would say no for Eric Berry and it's strictly mm. and I don't have a clear threshold I've ever developed but like it's just the games played um you know you do have to play a certain number of games in my head to whether it's fair or not to, to be considered it's for this. And, and, yeah, yeah. And 89 totally games, like, like 89 games is just so short. Like I brought up Andrew Luck in the beginning, right? I'm not even giving Andrew Luck like a look at this. And he only played three less games than Eric Berry. But to me, he just, his career was way too short. Now he decided that himself, right? but that, that, that's fine. But then I look at others, like, you know, we had, we talked about Priest Holmes uh, mm -hmm. when we talked a few years ago. We were talking about how short his career was. He played 113 games. Mm -hmm. Patrick Willis just retired. Um, he's been trying to get in the Hall of Fame. He made five All-Pro teams, seven Pro Bowls. He played 112 games. And there's a lot of questions about him playing enough. The only players that really had played that short of a career other than Kenny, which, again, I don't even know how I feel about that, Terrell Davis, who won a Super Bowl MVP, a that's, regular that's season MVP, just example. like just like – the juggernaut, like the yeah. the guy of guys, and then Gail Sarah's 68 games played, five like all pros, one of the, one of the Kansas Comet, like one of the greatest oh. of all time. So kids, kids, so, look at the highlights of Gail Sayer. Yes. 
I don't yes. have I don't have to look at the games. Look at the highlights. It, exactly. Oh. So so the thing here, Nate, is Eric Berry when he played was one of the best. Yes. I'm not gonna like I'm not disputing that, but he's not Gail Sarah's to me of safeties, Mm-mm. and he's probably even to me a step below a Terrell Davis type because Terrell Davis had that Super Bowl performance, won two Super Bowls, won the MVP trophy. So he's a little step below that. So unless you do that stuff with that amount of games, I can't put you in. Do I think you'll get in the next 50 years? Nate, I do think he will. And this is why we are seeing a a trend, right? In players shortening their careers because of health and safety. Uh, Patrick Wills retired early. Calvin Johnson retired early. Megatron. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Luck retired early. I think eventually this will become more and more and more of a trend and maybe 89 games won't look as short as it does today. So I don't think he'll get in on like the modern day ballot, mm-hmm. but I think a senior committee again, maybe year 30 year 35 will be like, that was one of the best defensive players of the 2010s, which I fully agree with. He played 89 games, but we've elected a lot of players now in that hundred game area we can let him in. So that's what I think happens. I'm a no, but I do think he gets in one day when shorter careers like that become even more common than they are today. That's kind of where I'm at. No, it's, it's, it's perfect. Um, it's a perfect assessment in my opinion um, beyond anything I've said, because, you know, games do matter. Like availability matters. Like the sport is literally built off of, can you play? <laughs> can you play and get back out there? Um, you know, the, the sport is literally built off of that. So I, I totally understand it. Um, they're going to put Andrew Luck in the hall of fame. y'all. I'm going to just be, honest. no, get going out in. of here. He's going no in. No way. He's going in Jim. I, Honestly, I'm, Nate, I'm even debating doing an episode. Cause I don't want the listeners attacking me for even doing it. I might not even do an episode on him. You think he's going to get in? I think the voting pool. No. And the, and no. the circumstances given to him. No, he's probably, probably going to get in. If he gets in, then I change my Eric Berry decision completely, and he's an automatic. If Eric yeah. Berry should go in before Andrew Luck any day of the week. Okay. And you've heard that here first. Okay. If Andrew well, Luck gets in, I'll throw a fit. Playing play quarterback, man, it does a lot for you. It does a lot right. for you. I mean, right. I, just, I just think, you know, like you said, as you move forward, you're going to see more and more guys kind of in his yep. general, you know, neighborhood, I guess you could say. And it'll make sense. You'll, 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 the thing for like Rodney Harrison or the thing for Eric sure. Perry is, is like, Hey man, that, that looks like a weird omission. Like, why is he not, why is he not here with all these guys? Yep. Um, and then you start comparing them to like, you know, Lynch and Lynch was really good in his day. You know, Lynch had the longevity, obviously had the career success and obviously his team won. Um, but you'll start to kind of do that. You'll start to kind of get a feel for um, where he was drafted what team he had around him um, good, but not great. And then uh, again, I, th- I just think the story, you know, stories matter. And I think from a narrative standpoint, having the easy, uh, excuse me, having Kenny easily be a part of this sort of mind frame. I think that is one way of sort of uh, presenting a case in a clear way where you can say, Hey, from the senior committee standpoint, um, he deserves to get in. And um it sucks. I mean, Otis Taylor is not in the Hall of Fame. And yeah. Otis Taylor is the most prolific Chiefs player, in my opinion, to not be in the Hall of Fame. And whether it's Priest Holmes or Jamal Charles or Eric Berry, 
um, or even Neil Smith. Like I always think of yeah. the Hall of Fame with Neil Smith. Like Neil Smith had a very good career. Um, he went did. To Dem- went to Denver, helped them. You know, was one of their veteran savvy moves to help them win a Super Bowl in the early part of free agency in the NFL. So um, if Neil Smith's not in the Hall of Fame, then again, you can add Eric Berry to that sort of list of guys where I think Otis Taylor should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I know he just missed his his window from the senior committee, which is really unfortunate. Um, But hopefully that doesn't happen with Eric Berry. Yeah. So, Nate, before we get out of here, where can my listeners uh, read you? Where can they find you? What do you want to plug here at the end? Yeah. Uh, again, thanks for having me. I uh, hope people enjoyed it. Um, I work at The Athletic, so uh, all of my handles usually are by Nate Taylor. I see all my friends jumping on the threads, and I'm <laughs> like, I guess I got to do that soon. So I don't know. By the time you hear this, it might be by Nate Taylor on threads, as long as no one else thinks of a better uh, handle. But no, I'm, I'm on Twitter. Um, you know, I do a, a, a cheese podcast during the regular season, during most of the offseason with my guy, uh, with my guys, let's just say Josh Briscoe, uh, Seth Kaiser with The Athletic. It's called Time's Ours. Uh, we make it very uh, entertaining, uh, mostly, you know, f- you know, friends just talking about the cheese uh, from a podcast sort of presentation. Uh, but no, man, it's, it's been great. Um, you know, this discussion uh, really helps me get in the mindset of football. And, and yeah, we'll be, we'll be fascinated to see how the Chiefs do um, this upcoming season as the defending champions, given uh, that their roster is pretty set and who knows, maybe the team is better than it was last year. Uh, maybe the league sort of catches up to them a little bit. this upcoming season, but uh, yeah, that's, that is me, Jim. I'm just here at the athletic uh, writing about, you know, my hometown team. Well, everyone, make sure to go check out Nate Fallman, all those uh, different things. He's great. I read up on my Chiefs news from him. Nate, thanks again. Glad we could get you back on after three years, and hopefully we can get you back on in less than three years. But good luck with this season. And um, I'm sure sure we'll be reading your writing well into – well, in the January this year, um, <laughs> if things go as they probably yeah. should, because you have Patrick Mahomes, Usually. as you said earlier. Yeah, yep. that's yep. how it Usually. goes for you. Yep. All right, Nate, take care. All right. Thank you, Jim. If you've done all of those things, and that's a lot, if you've done them all, you've done your homework, and that is all I ask. So have a great week, and we will talk to you next Monday. Take care. If you've done all of those things, and that's a lot, if you've done them all, you've done your homework, and that is all I ask. So have a great week, and we will talk to you next Monday. Take care.